pray together. Fathers, we continue this morning. I just want to tell you thank you so, so much for this time. Father, thank you for the leadership here at Sunshine. Thank you for their hearts to spend time over our children and our teachers and, and our lifetime students, God. I pray that uh, this day that you would continue to move us and encourage us and bless us, that you would move among us, Father, with your spirit, that you would, uh, that you would share wonderful words of encouragement, that we could come to know you better. And Father, my prayer is the same as uh, those who've prayed already, and that is that you would just make this a wonderful year for our students and for our teachers and for all of us, Father. We, uh, we love you, and we love you for blessing our lives with them. We pray that you would use us to encourage and support always. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Man, I'll tell you what. When I was thinking about this sermon, I was thinking about you guys. And, I, and I'm, when I'm saying you guys, I mean everybody, okay? Because it's, it's a small sample of what we really are. But, but I got to tell you, when I was, in, and you guys in the front row, in the spit row, by the way, I'm a spitter. I am bad. So you may as well just get your hands up and be ready. But when I was thinking about you guys, you all, you ladies and, 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 and gentlemen, you boys and girls, whatever, um, I was thinking how, how awesome it must be in heaven hanging out and, and thinking about God turning you loose again. On, on, on the world. I mean, I know you've been doing stuff this whole summer. I know you've been busy doing things, but man, you're going right back into your schools. You're going right back into your, with your friends and your peers and the people that you hang out with. And I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather hang out with than you. I mean, all of you. I mean, if I were a kid your age, I always tell Kendall, man, if I was a, an eighth grader, I'd be chasing you everywhere. And if I, if I, were, if I were in your guys' classes, man, I want to know you. I want to hang out with you. I'd wonder what's up, what makes you different and weird and all of that stuff because I like it, Joanna. I mean, um, I like all of you. I didn't mean to. I just came out there. But, but all of you, man, I love you. We love you. And we support you and we're praying for you. And I want you to know that. And that scripture that, that, um, was, that we just saw... Um, uh, shared on, on the screen, Psalm 139. It's the entire chapter. And I want to encourage you, Psalm 139. Go home, read it, chase it down. David is talking there about how much God really, really knows him, okay? How much God loves him, how intently he made him. And, and one of the scriptures I would love for you to know and really hang on to is he, he says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And you're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to struggle with comparisons all your life. But I want you to know when God made you, when he made you, it was intentional. It was not by accident. And man, he put all of him into it. And it was intentional. All your talents and your gifts and all those things you struggle with. When you look at the mirror in the morning, you're like, ugh, man, I wish my ears weren't so big. Look at these things, man. I mean, they're big. But... I've got a lot of laughs for him. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I mean, everything that God did in us, everything that he's done in us, he did a purpose so well. It's all useful, and it brings glory and honor to him. And so I want to encourage you to embrace yourselves in, in the way that God has made you and dream big about what he's doing and what he's going to do in you because he really wants to turn you loose on the world. And, and here's the thing that I want you to know. Whether you're, whether you're one or 101 or even older, God has an incredible plan. He never, he never isolated into like an age group. But once you get so old, then I'll be able to use you. But it was, it was intentional from the start. And, and, I'll, and I'll share a couple of scripture real quickly with you about that story and how that really works out. Joash was the king of Judah. He was seven years old when he became the king. 
Check that out. I mean, how many of you guys are like, oh, I wouldn't mind running this place for a while. I'd run this country. How many are seven? Anybody? No, we have children's church for that. Eight, nine, nine years old? Who in here? Nine, yeah. Yeah, well, he's a lot younger than you telling you what to do. That'd be awkward, wouldn't it? But there's a seven-year-old running the place. He's running the kingdom, and he's doing well. He restored the temple, right? I mean, he did a lot of great things starting at seven years old. God was doing something awesome in him. And, and then Samuel. Anybody know Samuel's story? I mean, Elkanah has two wives, uh, Penaniah and Hannah. Hannah is childless. Penaniah has children. She's making fun and always taunting him. And so, so God gives Hannah's praying one day at the temple. And she says, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. And so when Samuel is born, she takes him to the temple, gives him to Eli, the prophet, and says, Here's your boy. I promised God if he gave him to me, I'd give him back. And Samuel the prophet was in the temple at that young of an age, growing up to be a child of God. So how old would that be, man? Uh, there's no specific numbers when he hit the, uh, when he hit the temple, but the, but the boy was young. And so I'm pretty sure all of you are older than him. And so God has a plan and a good one. Um, Esther, in the story of Esther, listen, this, she lived um, in ancient Persia about 100 years after the Babylonian captivity. Her parents died, she was orphaned, and her cousin Mordecai raised her. And when Haman wanted to destroy all the Jews in the country, Mordecai goes to her and says, you need to speak to the king for us. Well, she hasn't been around the king for a long time, like a long time. And, and if she entered the king's... Um, chambers and he didn't like put out the royal scepter which he had no reason to necessarily do that everybody served a king so one lady is really not that much to him if he doesn't like reach out his scepter she dies okay so she's like i don't want to go he hasn't had me into his chamber forever and they're like no and mordecai says don't think that if you don't stand up for us that relief won't come because it will but who knows but that you've come to such royal position, and we love these words, for such a time as this. For such a time as this, while you think that we're, I'm just a junior high kid, or I'm a high school girl, and I'm, I'm going to hit a home run, or whatever I'm going to do, okay? While you think whatever you do is so important, God has another plan as well. And his plan is, for such a time as this, there are folks that need to see you. They need to know you. They need to see that, 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 that God's children, people that he's called out, are different. Because while we are so confused sometimes about who we are and what we're battling through, there are folks struggling with the same struggle, and they don't know what you know. They don't have parents raising them telling them, God has a plan for you. They don't have ministers up here going on and on and on about for such a time as this. They don't have that stuff reminding them of the hope and the encouragement that they can have. And they need you. They need Simons and Pauls and they need Sydneys and Abbeys. They need all of you telling the story, not preaching all the time. Just living well, living right, trusting God to do what he's going to do. That's the way the story is told. And that's how the message is spread. And that's how people find hope. Joanna's just different. I don't know. She's just different. Like, I know she's really different. No, she's different. And I want to know why stuff really matters. We're so gifted and talented and so able. That's how God made us, all of us. And when we allow him to have the honor for that, and we're not embarrassed to live it out, not preaching all the time. I already said that, right? Not banging your Bible all the time. Living, just living right. Caring about others. 
being kind, noticing the struggler. So, so for such a time as this, you don't know why God called you into this, but he has. King David, man, he was like this little dude, right? A little guy in his family and uh, he had so many brothers, so much bigger and older, stronger than him. And when God came to Samuel, the same one we just talked about who was at the temple when he's really little, well, now he's a big guy and he's a great uh, prophet. He, he goes to Samuel and tells Samuel to go and anoint the next king because Saul has been another story. So he goes, Samuel goes to the house of Jesse. That's where God sends him. And, when he, and the story goes like this. Listen to this, 1 Samuel. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before, before the Lord because he's, you know, he's tall and big and handsome like, well, like yours. Well, anyway. And so he's, 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 bra- you know, he's like, I believe this is really going. I think this is the man. And, and this is what the Lord said. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And they go all the way down the line, man, these young strapping men of Jesse. And then comes little Samuel, the shepherd boy. And he goes, that's the one. And that's the same Samuel that when all of the king's men were afraid to face this Goliath. Listen to this. The giant who stood nearly 10 feet tall, his... His armor weighed 126 pounds. His spear was like a fence rail. The head of it weighed 15 pounds. That's how huge this dude is. When everybody else was scared to go against Goliath, little David said, I'll go against him, and the Lord will give me victory. And they're trying to give him weapons and armor, and he said, no, man. And he gets his little slingshot and five rocks out of a creek on the way. And he goes up, and the Lord gives him victory. Why? Because the Lord doesn't look at the outward appearance. He sees the warrior. He sees the servant. He sees the faithful inside of you. And he uses you to do his will. And as Tom and I were on the same wavelength there, as Luke and Tyler would say, they'd say we share the same brain. I'm not going to do that to Tom. He's a, little small, a lot smarter than me. But, but as he was saying that we're always lifetime learners. We are students forever. Moses was 80 years old for everybody else here, by the way. 80 years old when God called him to go lead the children of Israel. It was like 1.6 million, something like that. I, I didn't, I haven't counted them lately. But there was a lot of people there. 80 years old when God called him out to go lead the children to the promised land. There's one for you to hang on to. You're never too young and you're never too old. God is up to something. And if you're willing to hang on to him, you will find the adventure of your life. Don't believe that one. How about Mary? This, this young, young girl who's never been with a man, who's never been that way, she says, when the angel comes to her and says, greetings, chosen one of God, what do you mean? You're going to have the, the Savior of the world. Well, I've never, how could this be? I've never been with him. No, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. And the one that you have will save the world from their sins. That's crazy. That's God. And because of Mary's heart and God's willingness to use her and his ability to use, we stand forgiven in God because she gives birth to Jesus. Jesus walks on the earth, perfect, perfect son of God, sacrifices him on the cross for our sins, raises the third day, defeats death, and we now stand forgiven before God if we're his children because God chose to use Mary to have is that and that's what I'm that's what I'm telling you. you you never know and how about this one we'll settle here for just a moment how about a kid in with a sack lunch just wandering through I don't know from 
from his house to a friend's house. I don't know what he's doing exactly. Maybe he's walking along with his parents, but, but Jesus is busy with the disciples. They've gone, the apostles, they've, gone, they've, uh, they've been uh, on this mission that he's given them. And when they show back up, he's like listening to their stories and they're telling me everything that happened. You know, when you get really excited and you come home, you want to tell your parents everything that happened. I'm like, uh-huh. Well, he's, he's telling the story, right? They're all telling him the story. And there's so many people coming and going that, that they can't talk. And so he says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. We're going to get some rest. Sometimes rest is really good. Well, it's Jesus, so there's no shot of that. So when they get in the boat and wander off, all the people follow him, and they get to the next place before they can even get there. And he gets out, and he feels bad for them. He struggles. The scripture says he, he, they wrestled, he wrestled for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and so he begins to teach them. And then the, the apostles come to him, and they say, you know, um... It, it's getting late. Maybe you should send these people away, get them some food. Uh, they're hungry, and Jesus looks at them and says, why don't you give them something to eat? <laughs> uh, come to think of it, actually, I'm getting hungry as well. I, I don't have it. But, but so, so he looks around. He sees they don't have anything. He says, well, what do you, what do you have? And he begins scouring the crowd, and there's that little dude with his sack lunch, five loaves and two fish. You know this story? You've heard this story, right? You've heard it since you were but a mere child. I mean, you've heard the story forever. And Jesus has the, 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 they sit him down in groups and he starts to break the bread and he hands it to them and, and he breaks up and he's, he's handing it out and he keeps breaking it, handing it out and breaking it, handing it out and breaking it, handing it out. And it goes on and on. And the, and the more they come back, he just keeps handing out bread and handing out fish. And he keeps breaking and handing, breaking and handing, breaking and handing, breaking and handing. He just keeps on breaking the bread, breaking until everybody in all those groups we're satisfied. You know when you're hungry, man, you're really hungry, and you eat, and you're like, man, I wish I had some more. And I mean, they were satisfied. They had all that they wanted. And when they were finished, they picked up 12 baskets for us. They said, oh, don't let anything go to waste. And it didn't. It didn't go to waste on them that day. 12 baskets full. And here's what I want to tell you. Maybe, um, I don't know, maybe you're going to be king. A queen. I don't know what you're going to be. I don't know. Some of you all, man, you look really grown up, but you got a ways to go. So who knows what God's doing and what he's going to do? He's been about some crazy things and when you look through the word and watch it happen. Maybe you're going to be one of those folks. Maybe you're going to be someone who, who reminds the world of God. Maybe you're going to be a great, great leader. And maybe you're going to be a dude with five loaves and two fish. I don't know what you'll be. None of us know yet. In fact, those of us who think we're grown up still got a ways to go, and we're not really sure all that we're going to be. But we'll tell you this is this. I'll tell you this. God will take you if you allow him, and he'll do in you what he did with not the boy, but the five loaves and the two fish. He'll take you, and he will feed lost and hurting, hungry folks with you. And he'll just take you and, and hand you out to someone. Not because you're forcing yourself in, just because you live how he's called you to live. And, and here's, here's some, and, and here's some Valley, and here's some of Alyssa, here's some Valley, and here's some of Marissa. Yeah, and just keep handing and breaking and handing and breaking. Here's some of Tom, and here's some of Rich, and here's some of our teachers, man. And, and he just keeps breaking and handing and feeding the world with us. That's what Jesus does. That's how God serves the world. And so the natural question for me then would be, that's a pretty big call. What am I supposed to do about it? And I would say this. The only thing you can do is stay near to God 
pray, seek, and then allow these attitudes. I've got a couple of scripture I want you to see and hang on to, okay? The first one is 1 Timothy 4, 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. You hear the call from God, man? It's such a simple call for you to be who he's called you to be. Not, not forcing yourself to be anything different. He, just, he made you, and he made you so well. Be you. Be fully, authentically you. Be thrilled by everything that he's brought to you and live out what he's called you to live out. The next one. This is Philippians chapter 2, 14 through 16. It was a scripture reading. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. By the way, that grumbling and arguing thing, if you dig through the Old Testament, you want to know something that really ticks God off. Be a grumbler or an arguer, a whiner and a complainer. It doesn't go well. If you really want to know, study that one out. Do everything without, without grumbling or complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. That's what Paul says here. Now, here it is in the message. You want to hear this one. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid, that's a weird word, and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of, of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so that I have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You will all be living proof that I didn't go, go to all this work for nothing. And there's Paul pressing into them. Live this thing out, man. God has a great plan for you. He's going to do it well in you. So, so here's, the, here's, the, here's a great thought um, from someone else, not me. Um, you don't walk out into the night sky and look up and say, man, look around at all that darkness. And you walk out into the night sky and you go, wow, look at those stars, man. They're rocking. That's amazing. And you kind of catch your breath, you know, and then you, you say, hey, look, check it out, right? I think I can see the Milky Way. I'm hungry. It's not a candy bar, okay? Anyway, you, that's what you, you, you go and you look at the, you see that what shines. And we're, we've been taught by, by some things in society, man, that, that darkness reigns and that darkness rules. I'm telling you, God shines brightly through those who would serve him. Now, here's something I want you to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to everybody else here, and then I want you to turn around and watch what happens, okay? So if you love these kids, all of them, and you're going to pray for them, and you're going to encourage them, and you would be a dependable friend for them, someone they could come to and tell the truth. Battles they're going through, struggles they're fighting. If you would be someone like that for these people, and if you, if you like them as well, if you believe in them, when you'd like to be their friends and their mentors and their encouragers, raise your hand right now. Now turn around, check that out. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So these aren't just a bunch of old stinkers that don't like you guys, after all. <laughs> I know how that works. I grew up in the church, and I remember thinking that the older folks just wish I'd straighten up and grow up and, and quit doing this and quit doing that. I'm telling you, that's not what they're hoping. They're hoping you stay so alive in Jesus and you have this fire that pushes them. That's what they really want. 
They want you to stay so alive and well in him that they get strength from your energy. But so easy to just look around and think everybody's on your back, man. Nobody's on your back here. We got your back. I assure you of that. And God has all of ours. And that's what we're going to be doing through this next year and all of your lives, man. We're going to be praying for you. We're going to be laughing with you and sometimes at you. And we're going to be saying, go, guys. Go, man. And we're going to watch what God does. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun already. You guys are my friends, man. I've uh, served at church camp with you, VBS, Honduras, a lot of you. Man, so many different places, Spirit Fest, climbing rocks and towers and stuff like that. We have had a lot of fun together. But we're just getting started in the Lord, man. As long as he leaves us here, we're going to serve him and love him and be examples. And then when he takes us home, we're going to love that as well. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this time. And I want to thank you for all the children that are here, all the ah, boys and girls, um, young men and young women, uh, people that you are so thrilled, uh, young hearts, you're so thrilled to sick on the world, God. And I pray that you would just remind them that you love them so well and that you got them. Father, that you're, you're leading them and you're looking out for them, you're blessing them and protecting them. You love their hearts, Father, and we know that you care for their hearts. And Father, I pray through this year and through every day of their life that you hold them tight and you uh, teach them to be a bit dangerous in you uh, as they just live it out and live it well. And thanks for all here who are going to be supporting them, God. And, and we, know, um, we know what's really going on here. You're not just speaking to the students among us or the, the school students. You're talking to all of us. You're not finished with us, Father. You're doing a great work, and you want to continue to sick all of us on the world in a loving way to continue to tell the incredible story of your son through our lives. And we love you for all of that. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now, if you desire to respond in any way, if you're not a son or a daughter of God, this is the day. This would be a great day for that. And, and it would be great for it to happen here, but it could happen at any time today. I mean, you talk to your parents or talk to, or any of you talk to any of us if you're not a child of God. And, and I know someone will be glad to come and immerse you. There will be an elder on either side of the, op, the auditorium at the invitation. For that, if you have not uh, or if you're struggling, you need encouragement, um, you have something you need to share and, and talk through with them, they'll be there for that as well. And they'll pray for you for your encouragement. Whatever you desire.